welcome to another episode of Grumpy Old Gay Men and Their Dogs. It is episode number 41 and day 166 in the calendar year. My name, of course, is Patrick Finn, and I am sitting here with the adult-pated Tommy Gibbons. Hi, bitches. How are you, Tommy? Wondering what adult-pated means. Mm, very archaic term. You'll have to look that I'm one saying, up. I'm saying, you're, you're, you're deep nerding now. <laughs> yes, I am. Deep nerding. Yeah. Okay, I, so let's get to it. What are we up to? What's going on? Well, what's going on is we just came off a great weekend from the Long Island Pride Parade, right? That was quite a day. Yes, it was. It started off sort of tumultuous. It was awful. Yeah. I mean, well, the day started here for us. The alarm went off at 8 o'clock. I got into bed at 8.30, and 8.35, John Steele was knocking on our door. Why did you <laughs> ask them to come so early? Stephen did all that. That was all Stephen's idea. I'm only assuming that he did that, assuming that some of them would come later than the time he told them. That's the only thing I can think of. Because I know he told John Steele. Well, John would have gotten here early anyway. Well, that's true. Like he told Ernie and Sheila to be well, here at Ernie, nine. Because the car needed to be there at a certain yeah, time. Yeah, exactly. So that I understood. Why did you make Sheila, she who no longer asked questions? I did not make Sheila do anything. That she came woman. here at that time because, like I said, that's the time Stephen told them. So what happened was when we go to, to, to get ready for the parade, it's raining. It's raining. It is pouring. And we're, we're, they're setting up the parade. In order, yeah, because what it is, we all met here. We drove down to That's the parade true. site. That's not true. Well, no, no, you met us down there late. Damn right, I did. Eleven o'clock. Like a but the rest of us who the rest of us were up early, so we could decorate the car, make sure we had everything set up correctly. We got down there at ten o'clock, as we were told to by the parade committee. That's your job. And we eventually got got the car lined up, and then we got our people lined up, and it was raining the entire time, the whole time, the, the whole yeah. time. I mean, thank and God we I had the brothers with o'clock. us. And I got there at eleven o'clock. Mm -hmm. I was this whole thing pissed me off because I was there at 11 o'clock yes and so and so I stood for 90 minutes in the rain yes on a field yep behind an elementary school yes okay glamour glamour <laughs> also the parade uh, arrangers producers the volunteers no the people who the parade committee the Long Island Pride Network okay we have we we have to talk because the gathering of the people who will participate in the parade in this instance on a field in the back of an elementary school yes there should be that should be an event. There should be things happening. There should be a DJ at least. Yes. There should be there should be people something there for people. I can say that in parades past, and we're talking about when I used to go into parades back in the nineties and early two thousands. When the parade used to be up in the town of Huntington, and they would have a whole big or organizing the parade, you know, process, you know, the procession in order, and they usually had a DJ set up out there playing music the whole time. Because if you're going to have people, which show is great, because it keeps people's enthusiasm up. Of course. Now I don't know because this is this is our this was the first Long Island Pride Parade in three years. I don't know what they did at the previous Pride parades, you know, prior to that three three years ago, because I hadn't been going for a while. So I don't know if they still do. That. That or all not. I'm saying is I stood for 90 minutes in the rain. Yes, I know and we all did. I had yeah, I had bought an umbrella yep. with the rainbow. Yes. And which I had always planned to carry. Go back, you'll see in recent episodes I talked about this purchase. Yes, he did. And I was I was happy because I knew that it was gonna be a, a sunny Saturday Sunday in June. Yes. I I went out to get well, I really didn't. 
but I arranged for that to my sister gave me the sunscreen. Mm-hmm. Okay, because what the fuck? So I'm all ready for this, and I got the dog's hat, bag all packed, and so I go with this fabulous umbrella that I know nobody's gonna have because it's gonna be and it fucking rain, and there were thousands of giant rainbow umbrellas all over, all over. Yeah, one woman had one that she took out from her table on her patio and had that big. Thick sort of round post, yes. and it was fringed, rainbow fringe yes. all over the place. It was clearly for a, a patio table thing, and she yeah. picked that shit up. And I was like, "Fuck, I was gonna have the umbrella, and now all these bitches." So yeah, I wasn't happy about that. I wasn't happy about the rain. But then twelve thirty, the parade starts, and lo and behold, the rain just stopped, and the sky lightened up a bit more, and yeah. we're like, you would never know it was the same day anymore. It was better when we started marching. Well, yes. As I said, the rain just happened to stop right at that same time. And the marching, such as it was, yes. was a, a freaking pisser. Oh, yes. That oh, we have to thank, we, we have to thank Ernie's mother for praying to St. Peter to stop the rain. Yes, Ernie's mother deserves <laughs> much praise. Uh, along with St. Peter. But you know what? St. Peter took his fucking time because it, it was raining... When I left the house so much that I didn't take the dog. Yeah. So the plan was to have Louie there. But yeah, but we... But, but it rained. It rained. And I wasn't taking the dog. No. I took Abigail, of course. Ernie brought Arthur. Uh, well, Arthur... Arthur's... Fuck Arthur. Oh, his ne- his feet never touched the ground. No, he was being held almost all Bryce the time. held him the entire time like he was holding his infant. Yes. And then he was held in the Jeep during the That's procession. That's right. Because God forbid Arthur should walk the eighth of a mile I like know. the fucking thing was but whatever it was but but, it, but the parade starts it was fun when we get down to you know where the, the town starts and you would have thought that it'd be a small turnout because of all the rain for hours it was packed with people i was so impressed by the turnout for the parade i really was Who would you see that you knew i'm trying to remember now very few people that i saw I it's saw, not our generation anymore yeah it's not but uh but that's why i think we were hit which we'll get into michelle hayes riley yeah, who's yes, the, yes, he's always following the Zyra, right? she follows, she's the only everything. fucking person who responds. Yes, she, she does, and we love her for it. She bought her, she bought her husband and her daughters, and they are wonderful people. I saw that, and that was fun. Okay. I saw Joseph Anthony. Okay. Uh, I love him and his adorable husband, and normally the tradition is every time I hug Joseph Anthony, I grab his ass because it is spectacular, <laughs> and I am old and harmless, and he's young and beautiful, so, so he lets me. Yes. It was weird not to especially at a Pride event, but he had his three sons there. So I decided against it. Uh, His husband greeted me very nicely and beautifully, and he is this beautiful little Spanish man whose ass makes Joseph Anthony look like an old, saggy old man. Sorry, Joe. And then I saw Chris Post. Okay. I haven't seen... Did you see Chris Post? No. I I really didn't see many people of our time or generation. Okay, well, I wouldn't call Chris Post part of our time or generation. And Joseph Anthony certainly is, but... But uh, Chris Post has got to—he's got to be forty's got to be looking at him. Okay. No, I don't know. What are you asking me for? I thought you knew Chris Post. No, I don't. Okay, never mind that. <laughs> he's a beautiful person. He's—he's—he's—he's okay. he's, he's, he's gorgeous. He his face was decorated with all sorts of rhinestones and fabulousness. He looked fabulous, bald, heavily tattooed, the be- the most beautiful smile you ever saw. It was nice to see him. Who else did I see? I don't remember either. I I remember Joseph and Michelle and her kids and her husband. And and Chris Post. Okay. That was about it. Okay. Yeah. 
So we're old. So anyway, so we start coming down the parade route. And the reaction we got to our banner, which had... The banner was fun. The banner said, Grumpy Old Game and the Dogs, a podcast. And below that it says... We love equality. Now get off our lawn. Everything said get off our lawn. Yeah, so that made a big... We had our pink t-shirts on the back. It says, I'm grumpy, I'm old, I'm gay, and I love my dog. Now get off my lawn. These we, bright pink t-shirts. You couldn't miss us. Tell them about the megaphone. And, of course, we had a megaphone blasting out saying all this, you know, the same stuff, basically. So we were a hit with the parade crowd. We really were. People were gramping up our paraphernalia like it was going out of style. We, yeah. were, giving, we were giving our flags with our business card on it that had our QR code to our website. Before, which was a mistake because I could have used those cards. I was giving out the cards and I went back to Stephen every couple of minutes and I was like, give me more cards. And yeah. I, finally, I said, give me the box of cards. And don't you know, a minute and a half later, I spilled the whole box of cards. Yes, I know. I saw that. I, I handed you. every one of those fuckers out. People would tell, no, it was fun. It was fun. People yeah, had fun. They were, it was very different from the original fucking uh, March, but it was fun. It was fun. People were celebrating. It was a good time. Yeah. Well, it's funny because we had Matt and Matt Rosenberg, Matt Rosenberg. and Sheila Barksdale carrying the banner. And Sheila said she kind of felt weird carrying the banner for grumpy old gay men. And we were like, people probably think you're a drag queen That's or something. The- Don't worry, just go with it. <laughs> you know, Sheila always presents flawlessly, so it's very... God, easy. she's a beautiful, striking looking it woman. It's very know? easy to assume that, that she's a drag queen. Because yeah. m- m- most women, and she's, let's say, over 30. Yes. So she doesn't, you know... She presents beautifully, perfectly put together right. all of the time. Yes, uh, and Matt Rosenberg is Matt Rosenberg is perfect because it, he just looks old and grumpy. Yes, what exactly. Twenty six. Yeah, <laughs> no, I think he's like early thirties. Yeah, okay. <laughs> and then our MVPs were Jeff McLean and Danny Higgins, who were handing out these flags like they were money they were giving out to the crowd. We they were get, all over the crowd giving out through. that stuff. It was we unbelievable. Didn't get halfway through before we ran out. I know it was unbelievable. It was you know, 500 flags. I personally gave out the box of, so that was like 250 fucking. And people cards. liked our flags because a lot of the pride flags that were being given out had someone's brand name on it or insignia or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. People just wore the plain pride flag, which yeah. we had. That's why so that's why they became so popular. That's why that's what it should have been. Yeah, I knew that when I did. But like I said, we were a big hit and it's now showing in, you know, an increase in our uh, listeners. So tell me about like. that. How many listeners did we get? So far, it's, uh, it's I think it's around 30 or 40 since, since Sunday. Sunday. Since Sunday, yeah. Just even interested enough to... to go to our website, awesome. look at our website. The website definitely increased. Well, you know what the, the truth is? I am charming and adorable. So when people yeah, that's see it. me... They want to do whatever it is I tell them. Yo, of course they do. Yeah, of course. So they all took the cards. Some of them took five or six cards because I I was just like sitting there. Because I had I still had the umbrella over me. Yeah. And then I was in charge of the bullhorn for some reason. It was Stephen's voice, but I was in charge of it. So uh, my hands were falling. I was just sort of giving out cards sloppily. I know. And yeah, 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 yeah. No, I said we were a big hit. It there. was fun. It, it was it was fun. Now it we didn't go, we didn't sucky. go to the festival in concert afterwards. They had in town. No, I'm too old. But it was just that we were tired. We've been up early. We've been up the night before. We were all tired. Some of us a little bit older than the crowd that was down there. So we went back to our house back here, and we had a great barbecue in it, the back and everything. Had a great time with everyone. Yeah, it was. We fun. really uh, did. It was um, I need to. I need to do something about Ernie. I think I need an order of protection because. <laughs> There's nobody like Ernie. Nobody, nobody, <laughs> there's nobody like Ernie. He just makes me laugh. He's just, he, he, 
At the end of it, he was like, oh my god, that was so much fun. I was like, bitch, you drove the car. I know, like, right? You, you weren't standing out in the rain for three hours. <laughs> you sat in a car, <laughs> you drove, you listened to really loud gay music. Yeah, you, you met nobody, you didn't see it yet. Right? But God bless, uh, he was, that was really, he was funny as fuck. But he always is. Yes, he, he always is. makes me laugh. I know. I'm always so shocked that he, like, advanced that far in his life with being that sort of ridiculous. <laughs> do you know what I'm saying? Like, yes, I do. How did you not die in a freak accident? Like I said, like there? I told you earlier, this is the man who tried to lure a deer into his house on Fire Island. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's just, just crazy. Right. But anyway, we'll now finish with, uh, well, we'll sort of finish with our discussion of Long Island Pride Parade. Why, why, why? And why? we're now going to move into our first segment of Petty Heavy Dogs. Petting. Heavy Petting. I hate this bitch. Mm. <laughs> Yeah, I hate her. And today's topic, which seems ripe after we just came back from the Pride Parade. Okay, what is it? About bringing your dogs to parades and large public events. Okay. I can tell you from my experience with Abigail, this is her, her first time that we brought her out to a large public event like this. She was fine. For the most part, she was fine. When she was out in the rain, and she was not happy standing out in the rain. Bitch. Point to who was. Well, that's well, no one was, but dog especially. <laughs> she's a little dog, and she just let this wet rag. Yeah. But then once the rain stopped, and she just shook it off, and she just looked like a little shaggy dog. And then we start going in the parade and everything, and there's a lot of activity going on, but then we get we Lots hit town. Lots of noise. Then we hit town, and it's all the people. It's noisy. Really noisy. Yeah. And she's not handling it well. She's oh, like really? I didn't at my that. leash. She's running to go on the left side of me, and I'm like trying to bring her back over, so she's okay. tripped. The people carrying the banner. And then someone said, oh, fireworks. Okay. Right to, to, to our right side of us, right in front of one of the bars. Someone said, oh, firecrackers. Okay. That freaked her out and the other dogs that were in the air, because there were other people with dogs, right, too. Right, Other dogs were freaking out. So she was basically just, I could tell, she was just frazzled walking down Main Street like Okay, this. yeah. And I kind of felt bad afterwards that she had went through this. I think she was, like, suffering post-traumatic stress disorder for, like, a couple of days afterwards. Really? Yeah. She wasn't quite her herself for a few days. Okay. She's that's better tonight, actually, when you saw her tonight. That's about the best she's been in well, a couple been, of days. Well, she's great with me because I I am ridiculous with her. Well, of course. So, uh, yes, yeah, she... That's interesting. I didn't know. I didn't notice that. I was busy. Yeah. I mean, she when we got back, to, when we came back to the house here afterwards, she basically she didn't go outside a lot. Well, mostly because our friend Jeff brought his big dog. And yes. Abigail's not good with dogs and big no. dogs, especially. Arthur, on so the she other stayed hand, in most of the time. Arthur, who's half the oh my size God. of Abigail, jumped up. This dog was he was a boxer, but he was a big boxer. And yeah. He was an all black boxer and. Fucking Arthur don't give a fuck. He jumped on this bitch. Don't get higher than his tail. Don't right. reach his tail. Starts fucking, just starts humping on the dog's back leg elbow. Yes. Like, okay, Arthur, you go. Because that, that dog don't even know you're there. Yeah. He's had he was fine. Out of he was fine. Problem. That dog was excellent. That but, was an excellent dog. Jeff yes. was enjoyable. Oh, yeah. Jeff well, he, he was a lot of fun. Very smart, but he was there for everything. Like I said, Abigail, I th I would. I don't know if I would put her through that again unless it was like in a d different way of putting her in a parade like that because, she, like I said, she did not react well to okay. it. That's and okay. I, and I would say, this is you know, a reminder for other people. If you're bringing your pets to some large-scale public event like this, you may want to try to acclimate your dog first to crowds like this. Maybe you saw him on a smaller scale somewhere. Get him used to it. I wish that we had brought... Our CBD treats with her for okay because we have the you know, the dog CBD treats. Can I be honest with you? Yeah. When I woke up and saw the rain, I was I I actually laid back down and said, "Thank God." 
<laughs> because I didn't have to bring Louis. Because I don't know what he's going to be like. Yeah, in that sort of. In, exactly. Instance. Now, did you ever see? I'm totally going. Well, not totally off topic. There's a meme. Okay. Of a papal parade. Okay. Okay. And all it is 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 a picture of the cobblestone way with the people on all the sides waving their flags, and there's this dog alone walking down the middle of this cobblestone and it looks like the parade is for the dog and it was literally in the middle of the fucking pavement looking back you can see him looking back and forth at the people waving chair i don't know that anybody knew where the dog came from whose dog it was but it was like a little dog yeah and it's just a great picture of when you know you're talking about dogs in a parade that, yeah that, that stands out of my head but. i mean i mean everyone loves seeing the dog but everyone loved seeing abigail i, I can't oh tell my you God. how many people complained where are the dogs right gay men and their dogs where are the dogs yeah bitch it was fucking raining i don't I know. know about you but right? my dog is home in the dry yeah exactly but I thank god like i said we had you know abigail jeff had his dog that's what romeo's and he, he, he was com- romeo he was completely unaffected I well think. he was a, he's a service dog Okay. He's, he serves as a service dog, so so yeah, that's probably why he was unaffected. I'm so sorry. Abigail, Abigail, yeah, she did not have a great reaction to it. So I, like I said, if you have a dog, if you're planning to bring your dog into a parade or to a parade or any large-scale event, make sure you're prepared for any eventualities with your dog. You don't you know? know how they're going to react. No. You don't know. They may they may decide to bite someone because yeah. they're so frazzled or whatever, you know? Overstimulated. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That can happen. Yeah. And like I said, I, I'm an advocate for using the CBD treat. Not always. I, I throw it at the dog all the time, but we use it as a last resort. Really? You know? Because for you, it's the first resort. Well, <laughs> that's a whole different story. Yeah. Okay. okay. Just so. for, like, when we bring her to the groomer, we know she's going to be excitable to groom her, so we'll give her like a small pe- you know, piece of the CBD treat. And it works. And it works. Calms okay. her down for the, for the groomer then. Okay. Yeah, so that Perfect. works. So I, was, I would recommend it. Out of van, so I would recommend I'm, it for yeah, right? Please. I'm not her mother. I'm thinking maybe <laughs> Louie could use some out of But we really don't want to uh, Yes, those downers. Yeah, this is because of that thing he keeps licking on his leg. This is a totally different topic, but we don't want to we don't want his personality to change because the dog is so fucking funny. Yeah. Like all of the time that we really don't want that to change. Okay. So I, Yeah, so, so yeah, be careful with the pharmaceuticals. I don't want to uh, we, we we my sister really does not want to go into it. I you know me, I'm carrying the banner for the American pharmaceutical industry. But what's oh. our next topic? Hmm. More in the dogs? But no, that's all I really had under heavy petting was talking okay. about, you know, preparing your dog for a large party. A large, a, lo- a large party, yeah, yeah. I think that's enough, you there, know? There are some dogs that you can tr- you know you can trust them and they're going to be fine. Well, is it Abigail, she's a small dog. She's a Cairn Terrier, so that probably has something to do with it too. I'm sure if it's, it's a big dog, you know, they're a bit more, I don't know, I guess they, they might feel more confident in dealing with a large crowd. I don't know. The only difference between big, big dogs and small dogs is that every big dog thinks he's small and every small, small dog, dog thinks they're huge. That's Abigail. So... You can't judge that going in. It's how they're going to react to the noise and the stimuli and the people and the smells and the and some people just and you can tell some dogs. Pickering was fine. Pickering would. I brought Pickering to a, a festival in Belmore. Okay, and he was great. Yeah, I you know Louis. I you know I'm going to go to jail if I bring Louis. On. <laughs> that, that fucking dog is just he's a, he's a truant. Yes, I'm sure he's bad. Oh no, but I think that's it for heavy petting. I okay, think we've beaten uh, this topic now to uh, yeah. a pulp. <laughs> Thank God there's editing. Yes, there is. Can do something about that. We now move on to our next segment, which happy is happy birthday, many happy returns, a very happy birthday. Yes, it's time for today's birthdays. Here's the thing. 
Yes. Happy birthday. Yes. She did. Many happy returns. Yes. There aren't going to be any because she's dead. Okay. So what? You know what? You're already anticipating that these are both that these are old dead people that we're observing today. I am. I am. And you would be wrong. I'm using. Of course, I would be. But I'm using my because I'm using my basic math skills. Saying what is the percentage of people who we have covered in this topic that have been dead and how many are alive? And you were able to do that without an abacus. No. But I lost my abacus, so I wasn't able to do it. So I'm just guessing. And in my impression, most of them are dead. But go ahead, give me two live people. Are they gay? Yes, because this is, of course, Gay Pride Month. LGBT Pride Month. So if you're straight and you have a birthday, go fuck yourself. We're not coming. <laughs> yeah, so every day we've been observing someone's birthday from the community on our Facebook and Twitter pages. I I saw today's when I was looking at my email while you yes, were Yes, I know. We'll early. be getting to that. We'll I, be getting okay, to I'm that. So, so don't that. spoil it. Okay, but, I'm so excited. We're going to first discuss this other birthday celebrant. I don't know if you know him or not. Who is it? It all depends who you saw a certain movie. His, he was born on June 15th, 1949. His name is Simon Callow. Do you know him? Callow? C-A-L-L-O-W. Born that, in London. Okay. He is His interest in the theater began after he wrote a fan letter to Laurence Olivier, who was the artistic director of the National Theater then. And Olivier wrote back to him suggesting he join their box office staff. And while watching the actors rehearse, he realized that he wanted to act. And he made his stage debut in 1973. His first film was in 1984's Amadeus, but he rose to fame in 1994's Four Weddings and a Funeral. Oh, I didn't see You didn't see that! that. Oh, good no, movie. I don't give a fuck about weddings. It's Had it been four movie. funerals and, a, and an engagement party, I may have watched. It's a movie, uh, it stars Hugh Grant. Yes, And I of know. course, the plot takes place over four weddings and a funeral. Yes. And two of the characters are in are this gay couple. Okay. And Simon Callow plays uh, one half of the gay couple, a character named Gareth. It's who's this very happy, gregarious character. Okay. He, he's a really good character. It seems like a name I've heard. Okay. Maybe this is why. Maybe that's why. I love the name Simon. You know, I've always wanted to sleep with a Simon. <laughs> Simon, Nick, and like, you, you like shame, like any weird sort of, but but Simon, Nick, Sebastian. Oh, uh, Sebastian's a good name. Those like are the, the, I want to sleep with those three guys. <laughs> so, you know, hit me up, bitches. But anyway, uh, Don't Cal have an email Car- address yet, but. Cal can be seen in more recent fares, such as in the limited series Hawkeye on D- in Disney. Didn't see it. And he uh, this year he joined the cast of the UK revival of Anything Goes. Oh, who's he playing? Billy uh, Crocker? No, I forget what the character is he's playing. Uh, How Whitney old is he? Oh, uh, yeah, Whitney. Whitney. Yeah, Whitney, Whitney. That's who he's yeah, playing. Okay. That's who he's playing. Yeah, he's uh, the lead's boss. Okay. He has also written over a dozen books. They in- steal his glasses. Including biographies of Oscar Wilde, Charles Lawton, Orson Welles and Richard Wagner or Wagner. So he's gay. He's a devotee of d- devotee of classical music and he has written articles on that as well. You know what? Nobody may never know because you'll edit it, but you said devotee. I know. I know. I'm going to leave it in there because I know. That's I, awesome. I was just reading real fast. I was okay. like, Devo- devotee. Devotee. Yeah. <laughs> devotee. He's a devotee. <laughs> Uh, go ahead, I'm sorry. Yes, anyway, this, this Callow, well, yes, he's one of the first actors to have come out. He came out in his 1984 book, Becoming an Actor, and he takes credit for advising Ian McKellen to come out. He married his uh, longtime partner, Sebastian Fox, in 2016. <gasps> Simon and Sebastian. Sebastian. <laughs> 
That's what I was waiting for. And I was going to read that. It's like, oh, wait till he hears this. Oh, my God. <laughs> you got to go get the garden and Nick. And I'm, <laughs> like, I can do this all in one night. That's my bucket list. <laughs> Damn. Yeah, now you got a bridge hand right That's there. That's fucked up. So, wait. This guy was born in the 40s. So, he's like 20 years older than I He's am. about, he's 49. He was born in 49. 1940. He was born in 1949. Oh, right, so he's 20 years old. So, he is uh, years old 70, he's 73 years old. All right. Yeah. So, he's yeah, 13 years old. Than me. Good for him. So, 13 years, that's a middle schooler. Right. So to Simon Callow, we say. Happy Sorry, Simon. <laughs> Hit me up. And our next birthday celebrate, which you read about already. I did. I'm so happy. This makes me happy. I love him. He was born and raised in New Mexico, the son of attorneys. Oh, God. That explains a lot. Right. The he, confidence. Yeah. He began as a child actor after being spotted at a New Mexico drama camp. He was first cast in the 1988 film Clara's Heart with Whoopi Goldberg. Wait, hold on. That was meant to be a Macaulay Culkin thing, wasn't it? Was it Macaulay Culkin? I don't know. I have no idea. Hold on. Because when was... When it would have been, been around the same time Around the same period. time. Yeah. So it's good. It's, okay, I think that was a, a, a Macaulay Culkin thing after the thing with the Christmas. Home thing. Alone. Home Alone. Okay. Okay, yeah, God, I don't I'm know. sorry. Okay, that's okay. Clara's Heart? Clara's Heart. Whoopi yeah. Goldberg starred in it. Okay. From 1989 to 1993, he starred in Doogie Hauser, M.D. The complete, most unbelievable storyline for a sitcom <laughs> Of course. Ever. Ridiculous. Alf is more believable. Right? Third Rock from the Sun is more believable, but go ahead. From 2005 to 2014, he starred as Barney in How I Met Your Mother. I have never seen an episode of that, and I'm ashamed. I watched it. It's a good, it was generally a good show, except for like the last year or two. How many went years did it last? It was from uh, 2005 to 2014. That's a long run. That's eight years. That's not nine, eight or nine years. years. Yep. That's a good as a long run. For a sitcom, that's cheers. Right. Definitely. Wow. All right. Maybe I'll watch it. I don't know. I'm not interested. For those, of you, know. Know, for those of you at home who don't know who we're talking about yet, we're talking about Neil Patrick Harris. Yes. NPH. I've I got to say, I love this guy. When was he born? He's much younger than I am. He was born in 1973. Oh, so he's not that much younger than I am. No, he is, what, 49 years old. Okay. I was born in 67. Okay. So he was born in 73. Yep. Uh, six years. All right. Closer than I thought. Yeah. To be perfectly honest with you. I love him. It is not Halloween in my world until I see that picture. And if you don't know, shame on you, but every year he and his absolutely adorable husband, David Burka, Burka, I love him. Anyway, they have adopted twins and now the twins are getting older and, and Anyway, every year since, pretty much, I think since they've adopted these kids, because the first couple, they were babies. They, they, do, only, have they only have the twins. That's the twins, it. right. Twins. But what I'm saying is how long, like... The twins are now 12 years old. Oh, but they've been doing this this picture every year since mm -hmm. the kids were babies. Yes, they have. She was Dorothy and had to be held. Which means this will probably be the last year for them, because when they turn when they turn 13, they'll be horrible teenagers. Oh, yeah, yeah. Saying, Fuck you, Dad. We you're never not doing do this picture this. anymore. Yeah, you're not my real <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. All, all that fact. <laughs> but uh, but every year they do this real and money is spent. Of course, they money. They're is gay. Spent. It's Halloween. Yeah. We all do that for yeah. Halloween. It's, it's, and we're talking <laughs> it's in our and blood. Burke, and they have done year after year amazing pictures. Yes, of, they have. Their, the costumes are them just and their twins fantastic in a theme. Yeah, professionally, obviously. It's, professionally, yeah, of course, costume, my God. Photograph, the whole made set, up, and everything. And everything yeah. is fantastic. And every year I wait for it. I I I saw him in Hedwig. Yeah. Well, what I was going to talk about his theater uh, credits. Yeah. You saw him in. 
Hedwig and the Angry Inch. He's serious. Like, yes. I didn't see him in that. I heard the cast recording of it. I hate to say I was not thrilled with his voice for Hedwig. Uh, okay. He does not have... He's a, He's got a beautiful voice. He's got a beautiful tenor voice. He didn't have the voice to play Hedwig. Hedwig is a rocker. Yes. I can understand that. Now, I saw, what's his name? C. Hall. Date, what's his name? Uh, Michael. Michael C. Hall play it. He's a hottie. And he, I wish there was a cast recording of him singing it. I bet. He was fantastic. Oh, my God. He He had the voice. Now, he's a star, but he didn't sell as many tickets. No, he did. Not as much as NPH. As a matter of fact, Neil Patrick Harris sold the most tickets out of any of the other Hedwigs. I'll I'll tell you what. There are some people that just being in the room while they're performing is a thing. Yeah. Patty LuPone, Neil Patrick Harris. Yep. The guy who was in the thing with the guy. I can't believe I can't remember his name. Well, we we saw walking in. Oh, walking Christopher, oh, Christopher walking. walking. Yes, and who who was that amazing guy who was the Sam uh, Rockwell? Sam Rockwell. Yes. Yeah. I, it's it's sometimes it's just amazing to be in. The, to me, it's Audra. Well, I'll when t- I'm I in the t- room when Audra sings, there's no other world. Yeah. There's no other reality. Right. It's just me in that room. And holy fuck, that's Neil Patrick Harris. Well, I'm going to tell you the story which I've told you before, but our listeners haven't heard about when we saw Neil Patrick Harris in the revival of a. Saturday. Okay. Now, this was at Studio, the old Studio oh, I know 54. This story. So they had all the tables set up. Right, 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 right. Okay, so I was there with, with Stephen, of course, and we're watching the show, and Neil Patrick Harris is in it. He played the balladeer and Lee Harvey Oswald. What a, and that's a good recording. It is. I have that recording. That's it's an excellent a good recording. recording. Excellent recording. There's another recording. Highly recommend it. I'll tell you a story, then I want to talk anyway, about another recording. So it's a scene going on, and, Pat, and Neil's not on the scene on stage or whatever. He's off stage somewhere. But then all of a sudden he comes out through the audience and he comes right behind my husband and he starts rubbing my husband's shoulders I'm dead. as he's standing there watching the scene. Every time I hear the story, I'm dead. Steven was dying. I was just like, oh my God, Steven's getting a massage from Neil, Neil Patrick, Patrick Harris. He has become <laughs> a gay icon. Right? Well, without a doubt. He knows it, right? Of course. I'm sure he does. He must know it. Right? He, mu- he must know. I would definitely think so. I mean, come on. That's a lot of pressure. Yes, it is. Like, did. he didn't really ask for that. And you got to figure, he only came out officially in 2006. Uh, okay, but he was... Okay, 2006. All right. That's when he officially came out. Okay. You know? I'm sure he was, you know, doing a gay thing way before that. How <laughs> doing the gay thing? <laughs> Oh, really? Yeah. You're gonna. That's gonna need to be in our extra bonus material. What exactly is doing the gay thing? That'll <laughs> well, be the title of the episode. <laughs> <laughs> I gotta say, whoever titles the episode. That's re- me. That's a. You do a really I do good all job. The titles. That's, that's really good. Most of it is very funny. The thing about putting sunscreen on your elephant is. <laughs> It's very, very funny. You came up with that. That was very funny. I, yeah. I don't know what... You I, said it. I used it. Let me... Can I be honest with you? In two days, I'm going to wake up. And sometime during Friday, I'm going to say, oh, yeah, right. So I'm going to play it. <laughs> and I'm going to be completely surprised by everything I say. It happens... It happened 41 times. I know. So I know that's going to happen. Uh, but yeah, but back to NPH. Okay, so yeah, I have a story back to NPH. Uh, this is I have a copy of a studio recording of Frogs. Okay, by Stephen. Oh, I have that also. Okay. Yes, it's there's not enough music to fill up the disc. No. Okay, so the rest of the disc, if you have the one I'm talking about, you have it too, yes. is the score for Midnight Primrose. Evening Primrose. Evening, Evening Primrose. Primrose, yes, which okay. I have also. Okay, excellent. Neil Patrick Harris sings the lead part oh, in that. Oh, it's beautiful. 
And that opening number, I can't remember the name of it, but it's a brilliant piece of writing. You can see Sondheim all over it. Mm -hmm. It's fantastic. And he delivers it, and he is gorgeous singing that score. Gorgeous singing that score. really is. It is. I'm a big fan. I got to say, I'm a big fan. And And it's great. I didn't realize he hosted the Tony Awards. Oh, he was fantastic. Four times he Uh hosted it. I forget what years now he hosted it. But he also, he he won four Emmys. One for each time he hosted it. He hosted it. It was just like, you got to be kidding me. No. Why is my phone going off? And not uh, only that, he was the first openly gay man to host the Academy Awards in 2015. Yeah. Well, he's he, so, has, he has proven himself as an onstage performer. Oh, my God. He yes. has all the credits he needs. Yeah. That opening number, you don't have to be gay. Gay Broadway's not just for gays. Yes. Whatever it was. That he did at the, uh, the, the, the Tony Awards. That, yes. Until, really, this year's Tony Awards. Yeah. That's an opening that well, hasn't Well, we're going to talk done. about that under We Like to Watch. What I'm so. saying is it's taken that long, including the other stuff he's done, to reach yeah. the level, yeah. the entertainment level. Uh, uh, yeah. And you got to think, he started as a kid. Yeah. And look, well, he, look where, look where he is now. It's and, and you know what? He shows his kids. We know what his kids look like. We know what their names are. We know how old they are. He's so, he seems to be, he and David both. Mm-hmm. So chill, so relaxed, so, you know, yes, we have this, and yes, we're doing this for our kids, and yes, yeah. you know, we're pretty much <laughs> at the top of our game. Right. And we have all the money we ever need. Uh, God, I love I love him. I love him. I love him as a, as a role model for the people who came after me. Well, anyway, to Neil Patrick Harris, we say... Happy I'm sorry, Neil. <laughs> Kiss David. <laughs> it's now time for our next segment, Today in History. Because I didn't feel dusty and old enough. <laughs> well, you might recall this event. It, it occurred today in the year 1215. Oh. King John of England applied the royal seal to a document called the Charter of the Barons, that later became known as the Magna Carta. Magna Carta, big words. Yes, the full name of the document is now known as the Magna Carta Libertatum, which means the Great Charter of Freedoms. It basically, it was a document that forestalled uh, a war between these rebel barons and King John of England, who was acting like a tyrant and imposing taxes. Yeah, people were like, fuck you, bitch. So, yeah, so they basically they all signed this on 12th, on... In, June and, 15th, 1215. And not for nothing, but the guys who signed this were pretty up there, too. Well, it was the king and these barons. That's who all signed this thing. Yeah. And it was over. It was overseen by the Roman Catholic Church. They yeah. were trying to act as mediators. Yeah. But unfortunately, three months later, basically both sides were violating the charter, and it ended up in a full-scale war known as the First War of the Barons. That ended in 1217, sometime following the death of King John himself and the ascension of Henry III to the throne. Oh. Was in my 20s, I remember. I bet you do. But anyway, the document promised the protection of church rights, protection from illegal imprisonment, access to swift justice, limitations on taxation and other feudal payments to the crown, and also focused on the rights of free men, of course, the barons in particular. However, the rights of serfs were also included. No way. Yeah. They were very limited, of course. They were serfs. You know? What were their rights? They weren't free people, so. But anyway, this document, even though it's, it was signed in 1215, is 
still cited today by British and American legal scholars and politicians. It's been described as the greatest constitutional document of all times, the foundation of the freedom of the individual against the arbitrary authority of the despot. Okay. Despot. Yes. Yeah, well... It was time. Yes, it was. It was 12 centuries of this shit, enough already. So uh, maybe we'll get it right. Maybe. Someday. Someday. Not so, yet. I mean, this is what? Only a, this document is what? About a thousand years old now? Yeah, it was 12. 1215? Yeah, 12, it's over 15, a thousand years old yeah. now. So what I'm saying is that maybe one day. <laughs> we'll, give us another thousand years. Yeah, maybe we'll let's, get it right. Yeah, give us a minute. We're only human. <laughs> Let us figure this shit out. The fuck are you saying? The fuck? So, yeah, okay. Also today in history, okay. in 1830... Did we do all the birthdays? Yes, we did all the birthdays. God, we got past that so fast. I know, we only did two of them, that's why. Oh, but one was MPH. Well, yeah. Well, that made me have time on that. I'm, I'm wondering because I'm not quite as miserable as I am after the birthday segments. Well, that's good then. Okay, so yeah, we got Magna Carta, what else? Well, now, in this day in 1836, this state was admitted as the 25th state into the into the United States. Alabama. Nope, but you're in the right ballpark. Tennessee. Nope, no. We, actually, Tennessee was uh, admitted a couple of years earlier. We discussed that, I think, two episodes ago. Mississippi. Nope, nope, nope. Not Mississippi. A little more north, maybe. K- Kentucky? No, no, no. You're going too far east. Michigan. Oh, now you're going too way far north. You were better off in the south there. All right. Jesus, what's there? Idaho? Well, let me tell you a little bit, a bit about it. Tell uh, the, me a little bit about it. The nickname of the state is the natural state. I hate it. Its motto is the people rule. I hate that. The state bird is the mockingbird. The flag Flower is the apple blossom. Okay. It was part of the original 1803 Louisiana Purchase. It's not Georgia. Nope. The state's capital is Little Rock. Oh, it's Arkansas. Arkansas is correct. I always forget about Arkansas. <laughs> I, you know what? I don't hate the people rule. I don't hate that. What okay. I hate is that it's not true. Well, no, of course not. We know that already. But that's a whole other issue. We don't have to quibble about Arkansas's motto at this point. All right. All right. That's fair. Besides, we have more important matters to discuss. What? Like what? Yes, it's what day is it? Well, it's National Megalodon Day. Oh, fuck you. <laughs> I'm going to eat my salad. Megalodon. Do you know what a megalodon is? It's a dinosaur. Well, yes, a prehistoric, large, amphibious creature. That's a dinosaur. Basically, the, uh, the ancestor of the... Shark. Wasn't it the one that had all the lumps on its back? No, no, no. It looked like a giant shark. The thing could grow up to 60 feet and uh, could have a maximum weight of over 60 tons. Its mouth spanned from 11, 8 to 11 feet wide, and the mouth consists of 276 serrated teeth measuring up to 7 inches. You know, it's the serrated part that's going to kill you. <laughs> yeah, right. Because 286 teeth, that's not so bad. Right. You serrate those motherfuckers, you got issues. Yes, they, yes you do. You got issues. <laughs> but this, this creature swam the Earth's oceans for 20 million years during the... Cenozoic era. How do we know it's not still there? It, well, as far as we know, it's disappeared. We have not, we have not seen any megalodons in millions of years. They disappeared about two to three million years ago. Okay, so how do we know they were there to begin with? Because oh, from fossil records. That deep in the ocean? Uh, yeah. You See, I'm always records. thinking we don't know shit about the ocean. But don't don't forget. I mean, as creatures evolve, you know, and feeding patterns change, and 
eventually they, they theorize that it may have died out from extinction because there were other smaller, quicker predators that were indulging in the food chain, and the megalodon may have grown extinct from that. It was too big and fat. And yeah, it couldn't move as quickly or as agilely as the smaller creatures. Like America. <laughs> yeah, like it's America. Too big and fat. <laughs> Can't move so swift. Yes. So, that's the story of National Megalodon Day. I'm fascinated by this because we don't know... And you were poo-pooing it in the very beginning. I was. I poo-poo things. We don't know anything about the ocean. We know very little about the ocean. Like, how... What lives down there? Like, that scary thing with the light that hangs in front of itself with all the teeth? I love that thing. I don't know what the fuck it's called, but I love that thing. It's so fucking weird. (laughs) We don't know shit about what's down. We don't, and you know what? The, the the answer to saving the world is in the ocean. More than likely, it's not in space. And you see, you last week you poo pooed when we discussed world oceans. Day. No, I did not. Yes, you it. did. What I, I believe you poo pooed it. I poo pooed <laughs> World Ocean Day. I did because I think that humans have no right to celebrate something that gives them life. It's like, <laughs> it's like, oh, we need to save the earth. Fuck you, humans! I'll fucking take you out. Is what I'm saying. I didn't poo poo that we should respect the oceans, I poo-pooed the fact that we should be offering it some sort of day, like it deserves a day. The gays get June. Well, but then, the ocean, fuck you. The ocean, the ocean will take us all out. Well, then you're going to love our next uh, holiday celebration for today. Tell me. It's Global Wind Day. Wind. Wind. wind it's a celebration of the power and possibilities of wind power. Mm. Wind power is one of the most one of the most cost-effective sources of energy. It is not dependent on fossil fuels or coal, making it a clean energy source. And it's a sustainable source of energy that will never run out. Don't you see what I'm saying? Like this is like the flea celebrating the day of the dog. You know what I mean? It's just like <laughs> Yes, so what's your point? I don't know. I I can't be right in this argument. So (laughs) I'm going to leave it the way. This kind of shit just irks me more than it, clearly more than it should. Well, just an FYI, in the United States, wind turbine service technicians are the second fastest growing occupation. Oh well, they should be. Which I think is great. Oh, yeah. Them, the solar guys, the, you know, how, how long? But of course, if... Don't BS, you know, um, Fuck yourself. gets back in office because he's against those, you know, those windmills, you know, they cause cancer. And do well, that's and because that. for the past 100,000 years, the oil guys and the coal guys have been running everything. So yeah, they no have kidding. all the money. So they can pay for, for everything. And uh, they can pay for him and his family to never have to work again. Yeah, right. Please. And the solar guys are like, wait. And the, the wind guys, we don't want to put windmills up because it'll affect the beauty of the... Bullshit. Fuck you. We have a windmill off the south shore of Long Island here. I'm sure most people don't even know it exists. But we have one on the south shore here of Long Island. It's so... And it's so far out, it doesn't take away from anything. What? It takes away from your view of the ocean. The ocean. (laughs) What it does is it gives you a little bit of perspective of how big the ocean is. I think it looks... When I... I don't know how many years ago it was, we flew to California, and when we took a train out to Palm Springs, and the train went by this whole, like, desert area Mm -hmm. of these windmill fields. I love that. It was beautiful looking, I thought. I thought it was so cool looking. Like, oh my God. For something that causes cancer. Yeah, right? I was like, please. So, that's it for our acknowledgement of Global Wind Day. Lastly, we have one more day to observe. Okay. It is Smile Power Day. Oh my God. Patrick, why do you do this to me? Because research has proven that smiling increases attractiveness and likability among humans. Have you ever seen me smile? <laughs> I look like a jack-o'-lantern. 
Okay? Ain't no reason for me to smile. Oh. No. Not even for Smile Power Day? Fuck you and your Smile Power. Smile. Fuck you. Smile Power. You smile at me, I'm suspicious. Oh, no. That's the first. Anybody who smiles at me. Today, I went to Restaurant Depot. I had a perfectly pleasant experience in Restaurant Depot. Everybody ignored me. I ignored them. We did what we had to do, and we were done. It was great. Nobody smiled at me. Nobody said hi. I did my what I had to do. I was out in 34 minutes. I'm just saying. Smiling takes time. Oh, sorry to hear that. Yeah, no, don't smile at me, bitch. <laughs> what do you want? Smile. Smile, happiness day? Smile, appreciation day? What is this? Smile, smile power day. Yeah, oh, so it's the Power the power of a smile. Of a smile. Uh, okay. Has it worked yet? Not in this room, it hasn't. Uh, okay. <laughs> anyway, we normally go on to our segment, Turn Your Head and Cough, but there was really, there was really no health-related news of significance to report today. Not even enough to leave me enough time to cue. I know. I'm mm. so sorry. Like, I... I you totally stepped on my line. Oh, excuse me. Okay. I'll make go for it next week, okay? I believe it. So now we're going to move on to get into our next segment, and we're going to take a look into my briefs. <laughs> Today, President Joe Biden signed an executive order aimed at combating the number of anti-queer bills introduced in state legislatures across the country. Okay. The order directs federal health and education agencies to expand access to gender-affirming care and advance queer-inclusive learning environments at American schools. It will curb federal funding for the debunked practice of conversion therapy and ask the Federal Trade Commission to determine whether conversion therapy constitutes an unfair or deceptive act. It also directs the Department of Health and Human Services to expand resources to address queer youth suicide and homelessness and study barriers that same-sex couples face in accessing government benefits. Which is good because the kids are going to need it when the federal government supports their coming out, but their parents would rather kill them yeah. instead. Well, that's the whole thing because right now there's over more, more than 320 bills have been introduced across various states basically aimed at the queer community. Right, yeah, yeah. So this is basically, and I think 20 of them have become law so far. So basically this is Biden's way of trying to, of trying to counter at without having to go through Congress, you know? You know, it's amazing how the federal government has to say, or has to indicate, or, uh, whatever, to say, okay, maybe in Tennessee, but not all of us. Yeah. You know, this is not a rule that we all follow. This is a rule that they follow over there in that little square. Right? That's fucking weird to me, man. That's just fucking weird. I know. It is very weird. Just the way it's set up. But the idea, uh, the legislation itself, the... Parents being sent to jail for providing transgender services or whatever it is. Whatever disgusting thing that they're doing. That that shit never lasts for very long. We hope, well, we hope not. It's, I mean, it, it's lasted for 2,000 years. But let's face it, you and I on Sunday marched down a fucking street saying, We're gay. We love our dog. Here's a flag. And people loved us. Yes. Okay, that's not the same as it was. But they may live us on the street, but getting in when they get in the voting booth, it could be a whole different story, Tommy. I I, I don't disagree with you, but you I know? don't think people who, Especially here on conservative Long Island. I don't think people who are anti-gay are coming to Pride events just for whatever reason they would be there. Why would anti-gay people come to Pride events? Oh, we're going to discuss that in our very next segment, as a matter of fact. Let's get to it. I just gave you the perfect fucking segue. They should come and segue that. 
Oh, that's right. It's time for the week in fascism. All right, so what do you got? Let's continue. Wow. Well, talking about going off your topic about non-anti-gay people going to gay parades. Okay, yeah. Oh, all right. I know what you're going. You know where I'm going. I know. This past Saturday in the town of Coeur d'Alene, Idaho, 31 members of a neo-Nazi group Patriot Front were arrested and charged with conspiracy to riot at a Pride event. Police say that the men were seen piling into a U-Haul truck wearing balaclavas. I'm not even sure what they are. It's, and, a, it's a Greek pastry. It's very honey, it's very sweet, <laughs> honey, walnuts, puffy pastry. Well, they were also bearing riot gear. Yes. They had plans to instigate a riot at the park where families, children, and supporters were gathered to celebrate the queer community. Those arrested came from at least 11 states. Yeah. Now, one of the things that's like, well, considering the political atmosphere there, there's really a correlation now between all this heightened political rhetoric that's being aimed at the queer community and the rise in extremism now. And in Idaho, the perfect example is last month, an Idaho pastor told his congregation that gay, lesbian, and transgender people should be executed. An Idaho Republican lawmaker named Heather Scott told an audience that drag queens and other queer supporters are waging a war of perversion against our children. Okay. So yeah, so those are the kind of people who are going to pride parades. But that's not all that's going on. In Baltimore, this past weekend, fires were started when uh, someone lit a uh, set of flame pride decorations on people's homes. One started when a pride flag at one home was set on fire. Then someone set a fire to a house down the street that was decorated for pride. At the second house, three people were injured and taken to a hospital. A 30-year-old woman and 57-year-old man were in critical condition, and a 74-year-old man was in serious condition. A total of four homes were damaged to varying extents. Right now, the police are investigating the fires as a case of malicious burning and have not determined a motive and have not yet classified it as a hate crime. So that's a, that's one story. Here's another story. Tell me another story. I love this. California I'm police. I'm having a fucking ball here. California police are investigating <coughs> after a group of men tried to interrupt a drag queen story hour at a library in the San Francisco Bay Area. The men, were, imagine? Be- the men were believed to be a part of the group The Proud Boys. Oh, and they were yelling homophobic and anti-queer slurs. Can I stop you for a second? Yes. The Proud Boys. Yes. It sounds like the gay the gay group on every campus in America. <laughs> Continue. But anyway, um, no arrests were made at the library uh, because the police said that they did, they did not know about the organized nature of the disturbance until afterwards. So the disturbance itself wasn't the crime. The police had to know about the organization of the disturbance in order to make, I guess, in order to make it a crime. Right. Yeah. Go ahead. And then lastly, thank God, because I'm on, I'm ready to fucking kill myself in a closet. Early Sunday morning, a Philadelphia transgender woman was hospitalized in critical but stable condition after being pistol-whipped by an attacker who used homophobic slurs. And it's being investigated as a hate crime. He wanted to fuck her. That's the first thing. She and two cisgender women, her sister and a friend, were attacked by a man with whom they had argued earlier. The man waited around for them for over an hour until they left some building in this neighborhood. And he then pistol whipped the transgender woman. He shot one of the other women in the, women in the arm. And he, no other, and he shot the other woman and grazed her in the head. Who shoots a woman? This man does. Oh. But this year alone, 15 trans people have died through violent means in the United States after seeing 57 such deaths last year. All right, well, there's nothing you can say about that. It's disgusting. Well, the problem is 
and that as long as the conservative movement normalizes this ostracization and persecution and alienation of the queer community, these types of attacks are going to continue. Yes. Yes. There's no arguing that. There's no forgiving it. There's no arguing it. And my only solution to this is I think it's time for the queer community to get mobilized again. There were days, weren't there, wasn't there like a, 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 a gay group that like would patrol neighborhoods? They acted like the uh, the guardian, they were like the gay version of the guardian angels. I've never heard of that. I think there was for a while. Well, they called. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know what they... Maybe the Pink Panthers. I don't know what they were called. I think they had to be called after Gabriel. I don't know. Well, I don't know what it was called. Because anyway, Gabriel blows. I know. But... And- <laughs> He has a trumpet. Go ahead. No, Patrick, you're bad. shaking your head like... That was like, such a bad joke. I know it was a bad was joke, a but it was... Terrible it, joke. It was three stories of absolute horridity. Four stories. Complete horridity. Horridity? Horridity. What the hell is horridity? Horrid. Horridness. The action of horridity. There is no horridity. It's horridity. The action of horridness. Right up there with Canadianality? Yes. <laughs> That's exactly right. <laughs> English is a living language. So any everything you said is disgusting. And here's the thing. It's better. What's better? Than it was for us. As a gay community, as a gay, as a, as a queer alphabet community, it's better. They arrested those fucking guys it, in Idaho. Right. They wouldn't have arrested them 30 years ago. They never would have arrested them if this man didn't see them in a 7-Eleven parking lot and called it into, and called it into the police. Can I go back an extra step? That's the only way these guys were caught. Idaho has at least one gay pride parade, okay? That's completely different than 30 years ago. Of course it is. Okay, so it's getting better, and it's going to get better. But that's not enough. It's not enough to say it's going to get better. It's not enough to say, well... Especially when we know... I've seen it get better. Especially when we see... You're married! Yeah. We don't know it's going to get better after the fucking Crimson Tide comes in in November. Look. And then let's see how much things get better. Okay, I don't... Listen. And maybe it's going to be better for gay white men like you and me. It ain't going to be better for most trans people. No. Because they're the ones who are being the most persecuted right now. Yes, I agree. And I'm sorry. The gays and the lesbians and the bi's have got to do more to stand up for them. Okay. You know? You're in a soapbox now. Damn right I am. Okay. Because this this pisses me off. I'm a watch. This pisses me off. I don't blame you. You're, you're, You're right, of course. And it should stop. And it has to stop now. And there's a whole bunch of shit that has to stop now. But I'm saying it's time to just, it's time to saying this has to happen. It's time to say what are we going to do about it? How are we going to react to the situation? So and then react. So what's your answer? We have to take the bull by the horns now. And what does that look like? I don't know. I don't have all the answers. Okay. Okay. I'm asking. I know, but I'm telling you. But you're asking me like I have all the answers. You I sound don't. like you do. No, That's I don't. The lawyer in you. You sound like you know what you're fucking doing. But I know really. what I'm talking about. Okay. That's not the same thing. As fixing it. Well, I didn't say I could fix it. Being able to identify the problem, yes, I I absolutely agree with you. It is a problem. It is a problem for black people. It is a problem for Spanish people. It is a problem for any brown person who crosses a border anywhere in the United States, except from Canada. You can come in if you're from Canada. Yes. <laughs> we like the Canadians. Because they're white. Uh, yeah. Mostly. Do you, are there any black Canadians? I'm sure there are. There must be, right? Of course there are. I wonder what the, like, the percentages are. Are there any... Like famous black can like I don't know what is their contribution like I how have know. they been permitted to exa- like what is their know. story I don't know 
Can we look at that? Do we have to do it now? No. Good, let's look at it later. No. Yeah, it's late now, and I'm, I'm already done with this bottle, so I don't Oh, my the, God. What are I, you going to do? I don't know you. we got to hurry Jesus up. Christ. We're going to move on to the next topic in the week in fascism. Okay, fascism. This is in New Mexico. Oh, God. In the county of Otero. They're refusing to certify the local, the local results of the state's June 7th primary because the election used Dominion voting machines. Oh, God. So, basically, then, the New Mexico Secretary of State went to the Supreme Court and to order the county to certify the votes, and the High Court in New Mexico did that today. So, the, and now the deadline for certification is this Friday. You know what the only thing we have to grasp onto is the law? Mm-hmm. <laughs> because the law does, it doesn't always allow for gray areas, which in some instances is a is a problem. Yeah. But it's very clear in other areas. It's very clear about what, what you can and can't do with, like, election shit. Right. Well, that's the thing. I mean, this election commission, they have no proof of any fraud or foul play with these Dominion voting machines. But they're not going to certify their election results anyway because they believe in this fucking big lie. Right, right, and right. The their big lie that they changed, they rigged the 2020 election with these machines. Right, right, right. The, the machines are responsible. This is what's going to happen more and more in this country now. Yes. But, but because these fascist Republicans are now getting elected into these offices and positions mm -hmm. that have control over the election results, we're going to be seeing more and more of this kind of tactic yep. being yep. used. To overturn election results. Exactly right. And this is, like I said, this is just a taste of it, you know? this is Today it was only one county in New Mexico. Pretty soon it could be a whole state that refuses to certify its results. Stay tuned. And that's about who you vote for. Yeah. Well, that's, I mean, yeah. It all depends, you know, we, we can't emphasize Episode after episode. Are we doing episodes? Is that what we're calling uh -huh. it? Episode? episode after episode after episode, we agree. It's all about voting. Yeah. You got to vote in every election. Grumpy old gaming and your dogs who vote. <laughs> <laughs> right. And lastly, for the week in fascism, have you been watching the January 6th House Committee hearings at all? Okay. I watched the first one live. Mm -hmm. The second one was on way too early for me. Okay. So I only saw highlights. Tonight's was postponed. It was postponed. But supposed to be still happening. Yes. Soon. Yes. I said it last week. They're going to bury him. They're going to they're gonna bury him under this mountain of evidence, and then they're going to leave it for everybody else to decide, what are you going to do now that we've told you this? Right now. That's what's going to happen. They're going to bury him. Well, one of the most interesting things that came out of the second hearing was about this quote-unquote official election defense fund. In oh, which God. Trump, $200 million? Yeah, they, Trump and company basically solicited $250 million in donations for money they said that they were going to use to fight the results of the 2020 election. And what did they do with it? And it turned out most of that money was donated to other political action committees. It was even used to pay Trump's daughter-in-law, Kimberly Guilfoyle, $60,000 for introducing her husband to speak at the rally on January 5th. Could you imagine? $60,000 to give an introduction. So, and... You're an asshole. Now, the thing is, from what I've been reading, they're not really sure if this is in violation of the laws because of all the freaking loopholes these politicians have created concerning campaign financing of elections. So they're not even sure it violates the law. But it's 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 a grift, you know? It's, it's a con. It's just one more con that Trump and company pulled on his, on, 
on people, and especially on his own followers. Well, his followers are the perfect target. Yeah. He don't give a fuck about any of those people, certainly not individually. Of course not. Not as a group. No. Not as a block of voters. They're just a means to get him back into office. Not as He's going to lie And he'll to tell them, them anything to get That's exactly get right. He'll tell them anything. That's exactly right. And, and how do you make people realize? Because to realize that you've been duped, you have to admit a certain amount of naivete, if not downright stupidity. Well, yeah. To agree with it. And people will resist that. Isn't that called cognitive dissonance when you're faced with the facts, but you still maintain that belief anyway? I don't know, but those words make sense. Okay. <laughs> yeah. It's it's a And that's his followers. I mean, come on. Yeah. They're 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 propaganda network. Fox News doesn't won't even televise the hearings. He's not they're not doing anything for the people whose votes they're so desperate for. Yep. And whose votes there are pretty much guaranteed. Mm-hmm. But they're not doing anything for those people. And what is it about people who that makes them vote against their own interests? But they do. That's again, a thing. And Isn't again, that a thing? If that's not a thing, we should make it a thing. Yeah, they do it all the time. It's just very depressing. So with that in mind. I don't know. I have salad. You have salad in your house. Where are we going next? Well, next, we move on to our next segment, which is not going to have an intro because you didn't like it. Okay. We like to watch. Wait, what was the intro that I didn't like? The intro from the, the clip from the film. Oh, yeah, I didn't like that. Yes. I didn't like that. We'll have to find a new one. Yeah, 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 yeah. Satisfying. Yeah, yeah. But anyway, would you like to talk about the Tony Awards first? Let's talk about the Tony Awards. Absolutely. First of all, I did not even watch the pre-game show, so to speak, that they did on the streaming service. Fuck you, American Theater Wing. Fuck you, CBS. Fuck you, Paramount Plus. Fuck you. Well, it really annoyed me that they televised the award for best book for a musical. Okay. But they didn't televise best score. No, they now, didn't. I'm sorry. The musical depends. It's called a musical because it has music. Well, they So say maybe the... you want to highlight that at the awards. Well, they did that at the, at the 9 Yeah, it was at the... Yeah, well, no, it was done at the pre-show thing on the streaming service. Best they, did best, they did best score. Best book of a musical was done... On the televised yeah. hour. Okay. And I saw it, I was like, and you don't do best score? How do you not do best score? Who won best score? I hope it was the kid from Strange Loop. <sighs> I don't remember now. I, I didn't write I didn't I didn't even take the awards down who won what and stuff. Alright, alright, that's fair. You know, it wasn't str- it wasn't a strange loop, I know that. Alright. It wasn't uh, a strange loop. It couldn't have been Bob Bob Bob. No, it was two women. I'm not sure what I'm not sure if it was the show six, maybe. Six. Maybe it was six. six. Maybe it was six. It's a great score. Well, I always saw that one clip, and it looks like, okay, this is like we're doing the, the six wives of Henry VIII, but we're going to do them as teeny boppers. That's exactly right. And it's right. a pop score. That's exactly right. You know? That's okay. Uh, yeah. It is what it exactly is, right. you know? And it's 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 all about the presentation. Yep. The costumes look great when they show that one number oh my on God. the show. It's, it's, it's presented as a concert, mm-hmm. as like a Beyonce concert, pretty much. Yeah, right? With the six wives. I love the idea. I think it's a great idea. The Six Wives of Harry, I think that's fantastic. Now, did you see the, the performance of A Strange Loop? I did. And what did you think? I thought it was an odd choice for the Tony Award. I thought it was a, they could have picked a better number. It was too into the show. Yeah. The show itself is too out there for most people who, unless they see it, yeah. to really grab. There, were, there was a better number, because I saw they have clips from the off-Broadway production on YouTube, and there was a number, another number that they could have done, which I thought would have been much more accessible to the audience. Whatever. It's it's an original piece. Yes. Uh, I can't wait to see it. And it and it, it, it won what it needed to win, and I hope it, I hope it benefits from it. I 
hope so too. I definitely I hope, hope so. Been, I, I hope that musical theater benefits from the fact that somebody who was so outside of what musical theater is produced by and produced for rises to this level. Yeah. Encourages other people. Because it's it's an amazing thing. It's, that kid winning that award is an amazing fucking thing. Which kid winning which winning the kid award? winning the best musical award for for, for a strange loop, for a strange loop, Michael R. Jackson, I think is Michael is. R. Jackson. That's yeah. Exactly. What it is. Yeah, I think that's uh, it's an amazing thing that he does this. He won a Pulitzer before he even won the Tony. Yeah, you know a, that's it, amazing. That a, was the first musical to win the Pulitzer without being on Broadway. You know, okay. that's yeah. an amazing feat to yeah. have done. Based solely on the writing then. Yeah. Yeah. It's amazing. It's just, it's, it's and I like the fact that it comes from, from his own black own, weird own, perspective. Only he could write that. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And only I think he. that's amazing. Mm-hmm. I think it's amazing that it was recognized. I think it's beautiful. What other thoughts did you have? What do you think beautiful. of Ariana DeBose? I thought she was the best number two next to APH. Yes. I would she agree with that. Awesome. She was lively, animated, personable. She was awesome. Awesome. Some of the numbers they had her do during the show, I could have done without. Whatever, you can't blame her for that. Her, I know. Her making, what's his name, Frug? Oh, yeah, that was good. That was awesome. Mm-hmm. He was the guy who played, we mentioned him before, who played Fosse in the miniseries. Yeah, um, Sam Rockwell. Sam Rockwell. Yeah, that was great, because he had Sam well, Rockwell. He's known for, like, doing some kind of dance wherever he goes, in the movie, wherever. That would, that would, that he's fantastic. known for dancing. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, he's fantastic. I love Sam Rockwell. Yeah. One of my favorites. Uh, he was good. Did you see that that miniseries? Which one? Fosse oh, Fosse Verdon. Fosse Verdon. That was great. Okay, yeah. That was, was fabulous. He oh, was my God. The only thing more unbelievable than he was was her. Oh, it's Gwen Verdon. <laughs> she, she blew my fucking mind. Yeah. But anyway, yeah, the Tonys, I liked it. I love. I liked her a lot, a lot, a lot. I didn't like the choice of song for the In Memoriam. No, I didn't either. A street, the street where and, you live. And, you know, if you consider, if you consider that Broadway has been known as the street, it's a sort of clever. Yeah, it's a clever play on that. Yeah, but the song just didn't seem right for In Memoriam. So it's, it remains this. I mean, no, you don't need a sad ballad all the time, but romantic. That wasn't yearning. the right song. Yeah, he's amazing. Who? Who? What's his name? Uh, the guy who sang it. I never remember his name. Uh, Billy Porter. Billy Porter. I always want to say Charlie. Billy Porter. Yeah, he was. He's amazing. I yeah. just love Billy Porter. Yeah. I hated hated the Sondheim tribute. It's like they peed on. His yeah. Brain. I was like, that's it. That's all it you're was, doing. It One was, song by Bernadette Peters. And was, that's all you're gonna do for and, Sondheim. And that song, the father of modern Broadway theater. Nah, it it was it was disrespectful. I thought it was disrespectful. Yeah, I thought so too. I thought they could have done a hell of a lot more. Yeah. Hell they, of a lot and more. And they should have. Yeah. That I thought was kind of insulting to there his memory. There should have been Sweeney in there. There should have been Company oh my God. in there. There should have been... A folly. Something from anything. My God. That, yeah, there should have been stuff in there. They dropped the ball on Sondheim. And yeah. it's disgraceful. Yeah, I totally agree it with really you on is. that. It, um, anyway, they did what they did. So that's it. That's what Sondheim gets. I gotta say though, when I was watching all the musical numbers, I miss dancing in musicals. Yeah. These shows don't have the dancing that the shows that we know yeah. for the past yeah, yeah. 30 to 50, 70 years had dance numbers. Yeah. Well, these shows don't seem to concentrate on that anymore. And what was weird was the one show that did was like. Oh, the Paradise. Cafe, whatever it was. No, I'm talking about music. Oh, that also. Paradise Cafe had some dancing in it too. You buy yeah. But was it was mostly that woman's solo number. Oh my god. Fuck me. Oh my Best god, what a beautiful to... number that oh was. Oh my god. And I Jesus. watched it today 
again because really I, I can't I can't believe like it was like uh, Jennifer Holiday back in 85 Dream Girls yeah that's what it reminded you she's of, gonna right? sing that eight times a fucking week yeah for real right that was a, that was an amazing number she, it thought. was an amazing that was a highlight I it, thought it was, it was a highlight it was right? a highlight and she's getting all due credit she won the best female actress in the fucking musical award yeah you know she's getting all the uh, like she deserves it that's fucking that was amazing that was amazing and I noticed there was not a comment, not even a joke made about Funny Girl. Nothing. Not a word was said. Creek, creek, creek. Not even a quick joke or a jam. Nope. Not nothing. The kid, the kid who plays Eddie, he must, he must play Eddie. Yeah, because he was nominated. He was nominated. He was like the only one nominated. The only thing nominated out of that entire experience. Yeah. I have, I, I don't know how I feel about that. Uh, they never should have done the show with... Funny Girl was due for revival. It was due, but she wasn't the right actress for it. That... Ernie saw it, and he saw the understudy. He thought he, he, from what he heard, the understudy was even better than yeah. That's that's Beanie pretty, Feldstein was. That's pretty much. I think Beanie's taking a beating. She doesn't need. To no, take. she's a good performer, but this wasn't the role for her. The, uh, you know, this wasn't uh, the role for her. I I can't. I haven't seen it. I can't disagree. But based on aesthetics, she's a very different person to play yeah. that role. Yeah, Fanny's problem was her Jewishness. Right. Not her size. No. So does it make sense? Does any of it all make sense? Omar Sharif falling in love with her. Yeah. The, you know, I like Funny Girl because fun, because Barbara Streisand got me through being gay in the 80s. <laughs> okay, so I like Funny Girl. I worship that movie. It's flawed. Of course it is. To me, the second half of the movie and the play, the musical, when it concentrates on Nicky Arnstein, yeah. that's when the show goes downhill. Yeah. That's when it loses its steam. Yeah. Funny Lady was better almost because yes it, it was i think that. it's better constructed yeah better constructed show yeah interesting anyway we're gonna move on to our next segment now which of course is people saying stupid things yeah, yeah, yeah. Karen, you are so stupid and this week we actually have a person saying a stupid thing and then a bunch of people <laughs> doing a stupid thing i love this well, first, we're going to do the person saying a stupid thing. Okay. Are you familiar with an author named James Patterson? I am. Yes, he's a 75 years old. He uh, writes all these crime thrillers, I believe. Very successful. What? Very successful. Yes, very successful. He holds a record for the most books to top the New York Times bestseller list. Is that true? And, yep, and he's one of the world's richest and most successful authors. His estimated net worth is around $800 million. So what does this bitch do? Well, he had an interview with the British newspaper, the Sunday Times. Oh, no. And he expressed his concern that it is hard for white men to get writing gigs in film, theater, TV, and publishing. Poor thing. He said, the problem is just another form of racism. What's that all about? Can you get a job? Yes. Is it harder? Yes. It's even harder for older writers. You don't meet many 52-year-old white males. Now, of course, this is coming from one of the most successful and richest white male authors in publishing history. And the world is filled with 52-year-old white males. Well, yeah. In 2020, the New York Times did an analysis of race in the book industry and found that in a sample of more than 7,000 published books, 95% were written by white people. Oh, yeah? I don't know. Like, I don't understand what, what he's thinking. What yeah. is his... I don't know what he was thinking either, and after he got a public backlash to it, he then issued this apology. I apologize for saying white male writers have trouble finding work is a form of racism. 
I absolutely do not believe that racism is practiced against white writers. Please know that I strongly support a diversity of voices being heard. In literature, in Hollywood, everywhere. But that's not what he said. Yeah, I know. He's backtracking now. He's covering for himself. I hate, I, I hate us as a species. We're awful. What does this William Patterson have to complain about? James Patterson. Who's coming for his job? Nobody. Nobody. He's got to complain about reverse racism while he's sitting on $800 million. Yeah. And he probably got a contract with a publisher. Probably, I'm sure. (laughs) I'm sure. She's all that many. (laughs) I mean... uh, you know, if he's made eight hundred million, the publisher has made what? Why is that? Right? Who knows? Right? It's just like so, uh, what is he complaining about? I don't understand this. I I don't understand this. They're coming from, and I don't know that this is his thing, but this has led me to this. They're coming from my job, really? Yeah. Are you picking fruit? I know. This one, are you packing up? Fucking. Uh, uh, they're coming for your job. What the fuck? Yeah. I don't know. Let the brown people in. I know. Let the brown people in. They have good music, they have good food, they're nice people. Let them in. Anyway, James Patterson. And they're delicious. James James Patterson, Patterson, we say... Stupid! You're so stupid! So stupid. (laughs) What what are you thinking, Jimmy? Yeah. What's the problem? Well, like I said, he said a stupid thing, but I don't think it's as big as a stupid thing that this next group of people did. I Tell me, I can't wait. It involves Kim Kardashian. Oh, my God. Ripley's Believe It or Not. What was going and on? Marilyn Monroe. Why was she able to wear that dress? Well, let's explain the whole thing from the beginning. Okay, I, I'm very impatient about this because it bothers me. Somehow or other, Ripley's Believe It or Not was able to acquire the dress worn by Marilyn Monroe when she attended President John F. Kennedy John F. Kennedy's birthday celebration and she famously sang happy birthday to him and she had this beautiful iconic now iconic dress I think she had to be sewn into it was custom dress. made for her and then she still had to be sewn into probably it. it was so body conscious of Marilyn Monroe yeah down to inches go ahead continue so it anyway it was a beautiful dress flesh colored with jewels <laughs> Covered in jewels. Uh, it was an absolutely incredible dress. Fantastic. The material is like, yeah, it's just... Oh, it's a fantastic... Paper thin. It's, it's like, a fantastic... Who yeah. made that dress? I don't know who... I don't know. I didn't find out who actually made the dress. It's a fantastic dress. really is. Iconic. Go ahead, continue. So, so anyway, Ripley's Believe It or Not acquired the dress. And Kim Kardashian was uh, planning on attending the Met Gala. So she asked... I'm sorry, what was the theme of the Met Gala? That I do not know. Does the dress fit the theme is what I'm asking. I don't know. Okay, go ahead. I don't know. That wasn't important to me. Go ahead. I I, I understand. Now... This is such a horrendous story. So she asks if she can wear the dress, I guess for a quick photo shoot at the gala, I guess on the red carpet or whatever. She wants to enter in the dress. And then she was going to change out of the dress and then put on a replica of the dress. And what happened? Ripley's, believe it or not, gave her permission to wear the dress. Mistake number one. And they and they said, we are going to be having exercising the utmost care for this dress. And we know that Kim's going to set the most care for this dress. So she wears the dress. And there's actual video of them putting, at one point, putting the dress on her. And she did not fit the dress. No, she didn't. 
And you can see the people putting the dress on her, like pushing like the dress down with both hands. Right. Getting trying to get it down. Make on it her. fit. Make it fit. So they made it fit. And she posed for her photo. And then she got out of the dress. Oh, she did change. Oh, she did change. Okay. She probably couldn't breathe. The dress was ruined. First of all, the fabric was completely stretched out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It no longer even fit the dress form model. That it was right, on. right, right. Jewels were missing from it. Other jewels are hanging by a thread from it. There was a tear in the dress. This material, they don't make this material any longer. Right, right, And the material's right. banned in the United States because it's highly flammable. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the dress was ruined. Is, uh, here's the thing. Who made that decision? Someone at Ripley's, believe it or not. Who let her wear that dress? That dress was so specific. Yeah. Unless you have the exact same... And and it was meant for a single purpose. Yes. She and Marilyn intended it for a single purpose. It was designed for, for a, single a single purpose. purpose. As soon as she walked off that stage, that dress came off of Marilyn Monroe uh, over at, uh, what was it, Madison Square Garden? Uh, I think it was I Madison Square Garden. Been, wherever sure the birthday where. celebration yeah. was. JFK, she sang the song. She was late. She was late for everything. <laughs> okay. Ladies and gentlemen, I now introduce the late... Marilyn Monroe is the famous thing, mm -hmm. and she sang, which is a famous thing. And then after she sang, JFK said, "Now that I've been serenaded by in such a lovely, innocent way, whatever it was," he said. Okay, she walked off the stage and got out of that dress. She didn't wear it into the car. She didn't wear it home. Yeah, that dress was made for that one occasion. Ninety seconds. She was going to be on stage. It wasn't meant to survive a lifetime of usage. Whoever gave permission for that dress to be used ever again should be fired. Well, the problem is the, the dress should never have ended up in the hands of Ripley's Believe It or Not. Uh, they are a commercial enterprise. Yeah, they are not a museum. No, that's true. And a true museum like the Smithsonian Institution, which is where that dress should have been, and why never would have let this happen. Who? Okay, so now we're going back. And I don't expect you to know this information. Who sold the dress to Ripley? I it, it was oh it was it passed through private hands. It was okay. it was purchased a number of times uh, okay. and passed through private hands. So it was probably owned by the original designer who took it off of her yeah. as she left stage right before she got to her dressing room, took that dress from her, yep. knowing that it wasn't gonna survive a car ride uptown. Yeah. It's 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 the whole thing is is a disgrace. It's, you know what it is? It's like putting a cigarette burn in Archie Bunker's chair. I know. I mean, part of me says I really should blame, uh, we should partly blame Kim Kardashian for having the arrogance to think that she could wear this dress in the first place. She should have been stopped. You can't fault. But, can't, yeah, but no, it's Ripley's fault. It's, They're it's, the ones who said, yes, you can wear the dress. You can't expect, you. You. Uh, we go back to the wind. Mm -hmm. Buddha says, you can't blame the wind for blowing. Yes. Okay. You can't blame Kim Kardashian. This is who she is. Because if she hadn't had asked, some other rich woman would have asked, can I wear the dress? Uh, uh, I, I believe it was the specific mental illness <laughs> of Kim Kardashian, who's, who probably was the first person with the balls to say, can I wear that dress? Yeah. Who would ask? Can I wear Dorothy? Can I wear Judy Garland's blue gingham? Can I wear Dorothy's red, uh, ruby red shoes? It's ridiculous. It's, right? The whole thing is ridiculous. Come on. Yeah. It never should have happened. And it's, and it's a shame because it ruined an iconic piece 
of American history, American fashion, fashion American. Uh, it it just dis- it it was a disgrace. It was a disgrace. So to Ripley's, we say stupid. You're so stupid. And you should know better. Yeah, Ripley should know better. Right. You're a fucking, you consider yourself a museum. You call yourself a preserver. No, they're things. a commercial enterprise. Don't uh, confuse okay. them with a museum. Okay. But now we move on to our next segment. Raindrops on roses, whiskers on kittens, bright copper kettles and warm woolen mittens, brown paper packages tied up with strings. These are a few of my favorite things. So you didn't listen to me about this one at all. Nope. Gonna let Julie sing, damn it. It's still about Matt Sinise. <laughs> this is about Matt Sinise. It's not about Julie. It's about Julie, damn it. All right, go ahead. You let Julie be Julie. <laughs> Julie can't be Julie. She had a botched surgery. <laughs> yes, we know. For today's five faves, you were asked to name your five favorite queer movies. Actually, this was easier than last week. Yes. Last week was hard. Last week was hard, but of course we, we're more familiar with movies. We have more access to them. Torch Song Trilogy. Torch Song Trilogy! Excellent choice. Here's the problem. You you put rules on it. I yes well my rule was for picking queer movies is that the lead character had to be gay, lesbian, bi, or transsexual. And or what, transgender. And what was the subtitle? What was the subtitle? That was not for instance, not Maine. Well, I said you couldn't use anti-Maine, because that stars Rosalind Russell. It's not a queer character, per se. It's a queer movie. But it's different. Torch it's, Song That's trilogy. not what I asked for. Torch Song Trilogy. Torch Song Trilogy is Is it only movie. movies, or can we do television? No, no, just movies. Just movies. Just movies. Just Ooh, movies. This is today. Okay. Okay. Torch, so Torch Song. Torch Great Song. movie with Harvey Firestein. Torch Song, yep. Excellent movie. Watch it even just for the scene between him and, ba- and Bancroft oh in the cemetery. God. It's an amazing scene. Yes. And you get to see a young, cute Matthew Broderick in it. Very cute. Very right? young. Very young. Yeah. And very cute. All right. So what's your first? My first choice, the granddaddy of them, Boys in the Band. It's a great the original. Movie. It's a great movie. It's the first time I saw that movie, I didn't like it. I was like, oh my God, these self-hating fags are yeah, giving yeah, me yeah. a headache. And then I went back and watched it again and I fell in love with the movie. Uh, I love these characters. It, I like the I, the remake is great that they made with you know all you know the current I love hot the gay actors. It's a great remake. Yeah, I prefer the original because it takes place in that era. You know, it was it happened. You know, they were all pre Stonewall and post Stonewall. You know, right before and after all that. They were part of that generation. Well, it was in it. So yeah, so that that, that to me gave the movie and the and the story that much more, I guess, authenticity to it. I guess. And it was ballsy to make that movie. Very ballsy movie to make. I nobody, mean, nobody would make a movie like that. No, who not made then. that movie? Not then. What's his name? Oh, I can't think of his name now. Shit. Your crazy. research department sucks. <laughs> Better than your research department. I'm asking the questions. You have all the answers. I'm asking the questions. Well, obviously. I don't have all the answers. Oh my God, he admitted it. <laughs> Anyways, day. what is your second choice? Uh, movies. Victor yes. Victoria. Victor Victoria. I count Rob, uh, Robert Preston as a lead. I would count him in that in that category as well Absolutely. too. Absolutely, definitely. Yes, and considering that she was playing a transgender character, basically. Well, she wasn't. She was playing a drag queen. A woman no, no, was she pretending was, to be. She a was man playing. She was. Yeah, she was pretending to be a gay man. 
playing a drag queen. Right. <laughs> so to me, a trans person is seriously, is like, they feel like they are in the wrong body. Right. She wasn't she, playing a trans character. No. No, she was playing no, she a gay was, man, playing a drag about, queen. Everything about her character was an act. Yes. Everything about his character. Robert Preston was, was real. Yes. And he was a lead in that movie, so I, I, I give you Victor Victoria. And I recommend watching that movie just to watch first Julie Andrews do the Lady in Spain number, and then watching um, Robert Preston do it at the end. Yes. <laughs> I think Leslie Ann Warren doing Chicago. Oh my God, Leslie Ann Warren is wonderful is in this a, movie. He's a piece of And that Chicago number she wonder. does, that's great. It's fantastic. Great number. Leslie Ann Warren continues to amaze me. She can, She's, I don't know, I love her. I love her. Cool. Leslie. Love you, Leslie. <laughs> Text me. My second choice, The Adventures of Priscilla, Queen of the Desert. Great movie. That I saw that in the theater. It was a small little independent run theater. There's maybe like 10 people in it. And we, it was like we had it to ourselves. Yeah. It's such a good movie. It's a fun movie. It's, it's a, a touching movie. movie. It's dramatic. It's Guy Pierce, Terrence Stamp. Yeah. Oh, I can't remember the third guy who plays Tick, the lead character. He also played Agent Smith in the Matrix movies. You mentioned him last week. And he was also the King of the Elves in the Lord of the Rings movies. Yeah, you mentioned him last week. Your name was right. His name was I know, right there I, last week. Now I'm totally blanking on it. Yeah. What's your third choice? My Beautiful Laundrette. The beautiful wow, Laundrette. I My love that movie. Yes. What it is is the, is the gay coming of age movie that I've complained about over and over again, but it, it it's different though. It it's not no, a, your typical gay coming of age. It has to do with race too. It has to do with race. It has to do with the the, the punk environment at the yeah, time. Yeah, yeah. And it comes when I was going through the same thing at the same time. Yeah. So the coming of age thing means more to me than most coming of age stories. Well, it should be more about this young Indian man who was just trying, who was really, I mean, yes, he was gay and he was keeping that on the down low with Daniel Day-Lewis' character who looked so fucking was cute Daniel back then. Day-Lewis oh was, my God, he was oh adorable God. back you, then. You just can't, you can't believe. Right. But the lead character, it seemed like it concentrated more on his opportunism in trying to get ahead in the in the whole laundromat business, there was thing. there was there was more to the story than just the gay coming of age. Yes, it was more to it than and, that. And, you know? and for some reason, that movie has stayed with me over and over and over again. It's a well done movie. It's, it's a, a it's a, a it's a very underrated movie. It's you a know? well done movie. It's, yeah, yeah, it is definitely like that one. And your third, my third choice, it's a movie from the nineteen nineties called Lilies. Oh my God, I've seen it. You've seen it? Yes. Oh my God. Yes. That's a movie I would love to see adapted to the stage. Really? Yeah. As a musical or not? As a play. As a play. As a grand epic play. This movie, it's a Canadian film. I think it's made like 96 or something. Canadianism. And it's a story about this priest or archbishop or whatever, and he's asked to come to this prison to hear the confession of this convict who's supposedly dying who was a childhood friend of this uh, cardinal or bishop. And as it turns out, he basically traps the bishop there at the prison, and then he reenacts this whole chapter in their lives when they were young, and this whole gay love triangle that's going on. And all the prisoners basically reenact this story, so you're watching it on the stage that they have presented in this prison, but then at times it goes back to the actual scene, but with those same actors still playing those roles. It's a little 
little bit like uh, what's the musical with Don Quixote? Uh, Man of La Mancha. Man of La Mancha. Yes, it's yes, the yes. Who's telling the story? Exactly, exactly. Yeah. And it is such a beautiful love story that ends tragically. I was like, oh my god, this is such a sad movie, but such a fucking powerful and good movie. I Did thought. Did the dog die? I don't remember. I don't remember. I don't, I don't remember. All right, my next one? Yes. Birdcage. <laughs> Which one, the original or the remake? No, the remake. With oh, okay. okay. And we're going back again to Hank Azaria. <laughs> yeah. And Robert Williams. Give for the money. Robert, <laughs> Robert Williams, who took the straight man role. Yes, right. Instead of what... He could have taken the Nathan Lane he role. He could have taken that role. And, and run with it. Oh, my God. Yes, and... He made the right decision. Yes, he was fantastic. And Nathan Lane, I think that's what Nathan, what made Nathan Lane a star. Yeah, was that movie playing Barbara Bush? A <laughs> he, for a time, he played. Barbara Bush. I mean, um, that's what he looked like. <laughs> yeah, he does exactly. And Gene Hackman in drag at the end yeah. of that movie. Yeah. Oh my God! What a horrible you know, sight. The, the casting is great. I love. I love that movie. I think it's a great movie. <coughs> so yeah, I'm gonna go there. Good choice. Okay. My next do choice. Do I have to pick a fifth? Uh, yes, you do. I don't have a fifth. Well, you're gonna have to have one. Okay, and don't tell me you can't think of any because there are a shitload of movies. I, I I know, but a lot of them <coughs> suck. Oh, well, there are bad ones, but I hopefully picked good ones. All right, go ahead. My next pick, In and Out. I love that movie. <laughs> great, funny movie. Yeah. Kevin yeah. Klein stars in it. Kevin Klein is great. Uh, Joe Cusack is in it. I, oh, my gosh, it's great. It's, it's That it's, whole line. Is there anybody yeah, here? Who is it gay? gay? Yeah, it's, it's, it's uh, iconic. It's one of Matt Dillon's best roles. Yeah, yeah that's true. <laughs> right? Yeah. What a funny Bob Newhart is in is the yes. principal. Oh my God! It's just that deadpan humor with him as well, the Bob principal. Bob Newhart, if you need oh, deadpan, that was great. To go. But good movie. Probably some of it. It's a bit dated now, and some of the yeah. stereotypical references. But well, you don't we hate care. Stereotypes, I mean, it's so funny. We hate stereotypes. I mean, when they get into that whole argument at the bachelor party about Barbara Streisand, right, right, right. she was too old to play Yentl. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she's too old to play Dolly. Right. But certainly too old to play that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I but uh, funny, funny movie. What's his name, wasn't it? Bless Magnum P.I. He played Tom, the reporter who Tom came out Selleck. as kid. Tom Selleck. He was very good in this, too, I thought. Yeah, yeah, he really yeah. was. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, big thumbs up on In and Out. Okay, good. So, what's your fifth choice? In and Out. Oh, you cop! It's out. a great movie. You're a copping out. Kevin Klein is awesome. Couldn't even think of another one. I need a gay movie. Quick. Oh my Main god! Couldn't think of it. Don't ask. Quick. Don't ask quick. Bryce Avery quick. Powell. Tell me, <laughs> a, uh, a gay movie of lead character who's gay? Milk. Milk is good. Look at you walking away. You twist your hair like Cher. And you turn your back and you walk out, you bitch. You gone before a house falls on you too now. Yes. <laughs> I'm going with milk. Oh, you're going with milk. I'm going with milk. Gee, what a surprise choice that <laughs> I'm is. I'm going with milk. Uh, Do you remember who played milk? Sean, Sean Penn, yes, the Donna's ex-husband. Yes, he did. Yes. And at the time, what I remember is it was a big deal for him to be playing... That character, yeah, like, like a first of all, a gay character. I mean, it's a gay biography, and you don't see a lot of those. No, that's what this basically no, was, true. you know. It's true, and he it's such a tragic story, of course, it's, such it's a tragic, shameful what a horrible story, story. To him, you know, um, yeah. what he could have accomplished 
if had he lived, you had, know? He, had he been allowed to live, right? Yeah, the Harvey Milk story is just is just heartbreaking. It's just yeah, yeah. I would also put into that Laramie, but Laramie, it's hard to say that the lead character is gay because the lead character never appears. Yeah, he's he's the elephant not in the room. Exactly, that's exactly right. So so does that count? You know my feelings toward that work. Yes, um, I know. Does it count? Yeah, I would say it counts. Uh, uh, you know, according to your rules, I couldn't use fucking Riles. I mean, Wars. that is the lead character. Otherwise, there is no lead character there, in the yeah. project. That's, you but know, that's he, the whole thing. It's all about Matthew Shepard. And he never appears. Yeah. So it's it's a, it's a, a brilliantly written, difficult to stage. Yep. Uh, so, I yeah, I, I split it between those two. Oh, okay. The, the, now, you thought, now that you've thought of another one. Well, that, well, well <laughs> you know, Matthew Shepard, I, I can't say, you know, Matthew Shepard to me is iconic. It's that Jesus end of the story. Yeah. To me. That, that fucking makes Matthew Shepard. Yep. I never forget. October 6th to October 12th is Holy Week. Like, his story is real to me. Real, real. Yeah. Um, and I would go there even before Bryce gave me milk. <laughs> I would go to... Uh, but I wouldn't think you'd accept it because... The, you know the lead the lead no, gay character the lead character exist. is a gay man yeah, he's he, just not he never there exists. on stage he never you know? ex- yeah what's your fifth my fifth choice is a movie that I've talked about before because it's one of my favorite movies where the world mine look at you over there standing. Oh, he's listening. Where the World Mine. Yes. I uh, actually made him watch it, as uh, a matter of fact. And, and what did he think about it? He loved it. Okay, and what did you think It's a movie it? I also think that should be made into an actual musical. And I actually wrote to the woman who wrote the music the music for this, and she wrote back to me about it. Whoa. Saying, yeah, the ideas were tossed about, but nothing's ever come of it. So she's like, you know, we'll see. So unfortunately, it won't. If you've never seen the movie, it's an independently made film. It's about this young teenage boy dealing with all the homophobia in his town. And it's also a contemporary queer take on a Midsummer's Night Dream, Midsummer Night's Dream. Okay, it seems familiar. It's really, really well done. What's it called? Were the World Mine? I have seen that movie. I know it's available. It's on streaming service. Just like yeah. Stephen watched it the other night because I think actually. that's where I've seen it. I think it's on like Tubi or Quibi World or one of those. Yeah, I don't do that. But I highly recommend this. Great, great movie. It's a game musical, you know. That's okay. what it really is. Oh, okay. Yeah, but I that's my fifth and final choice. Uh, are we done? We are done with five faves. That was sweat-inducing. Well, we now move on to our next segment, the grumpy old gay men gripe of the week. I hate it. Get off my lawn. Did you hear me? I said get off my lawn now. <laughs> so I had one, but I forgot. You forgot? I forgot what my gripe was. <laughs> What's your gripe? My gripe stems from something we discussed a bit last week and then got reignited when I read this article in theadvocate.com online today. Okay. And this man named John Casey wrote this article, Is Fire Island an Island Not for Misfits? So he wrote about... What does that mean? He was writing about his experience in the Pines and how it's reflected in the movie and saying, yes, there are a lot of pretentious, snobby assholes over in the Pines. It's not all like that. But most of them are like that way. But the thing is, it's all in general. Because most of the time, he's saying Fire Island, Fire Island, okay, Fire I know, Island. I know you hate that. And I actually wrote to the advocate, and I said, "Does this mean that Fire Island no longer includes Cherry Grove?" I said, "Because I understand all Mr. Casey's complaints about the Pines, which I agree mostly with, which is why I and so many others don't go to the Pines, but spend our times in Cherry Grove." 
which is a lot more diverse and welcoming community. And it is a queer community. And what they say? They haven't answered me back yet. I already wrote them you know, about, two, about an hour or two before we started. You think they're gonna? I don't know if they will or not. But I said, if you can't find someone to write the article, I said, I volunteer. Don't volunteer, bitch, get paid. <laughs> volunteer? What the fuck is wrong with you? Hey, I want to get the exposure. <laughs> fuck that. Get paid. But it's like, I'm tired of just, I'm tired of Fire Island just being characterized by the Pines. Yes, we know that's where all the young, hot, glamorous men live. Number one, all those hot young gay guys you see there, most of them are either there for the weekend or they have a share in the house that they share with probably like 10 other guys. They're not all wealthy people. They all got jobs maybe in downtown Soho in the city, and that's about it. Not all of them are rich, wealthy people. Some of them are just snobbish, body-shaming assholes. The younger they are, the more, the less apt they are to own something on Fire Island. Yes, exactly. The Fire Island that the Pines represents is your Calvin Kleins, your Elton Johns, your A-gays, who have the money to have a house, yeah. who invite all the young, gorgeous young, men to come to their house and party. To, exactly, that's exactly right. That's what the Pines has always been. I, I know. But what, what I'm hating, though, is that's all they ever talk about. And, there's, and there are plenty of gay people who do not fit the body image that is accepted in the Pines. Hello? And you know what? Our body image was never accepted in the Pines, even when we were that age, you know, 30 years ago, when we went over there. When I was 20, I was adorable. We all were adorable, you know? Were, were you, Patrick? Yes, we were. Were you? Yep. You? Yep. You. Yeah. Patrick. Shut the fuck up, you. <laughs> but anyway, like I said, for gay people out there who were thinking about, oh, maybe we'll go, maybe we won't go visit Fire Island from this description, go visit Fire Island, but go to Cherry Grove. Cherry Grove is so much more fun. It is much more fun. The only time you have fun in the Pines is at tea, is at tea dance time during the, during the day. Yeah. But you know what? There's a lot more fun and activities going on all day and all night in the Grove. When the Pines boys wake it's up from town. when the Pines boys wake up from their afternoon naps after tea dance, where do they go at nighttime? The they Pines. come over to Cherry Grove. Yeah, 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 yeah. Cherry Grove. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I said it's a much more diverse community there. Yes. I think uh, uh, women now are like, they own, I think, more than half the homes there now. The lesbians? Yeah. Yeah, they do. Because they took over a lot of the homes when yeah. gay men were dying from yeah. AIDS. Yeah, 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 yeah. But like I said, it's such a diverse, welcoming community. It's a community where you walk down the boardwalk and people do say hello to you. Yeah, I don't like that. <laughs> you don't. I, I do. Don't, I don't like that. Well, yeah, because you could talk to people online at, like, Shop and Stop. <laughs> no, that's Stephen. No, I, yeah, no, I don't want to talk to you. But anyway, that's my gripe of the week. All right. You hate people pigeoning, holing Fire Island as the Pines. Yes. Okay. That's a legitimate gripe. Thank you. Okay. So, yeah, what's next? Next, we are at the finale of the show. It couldn't come fast enough. You're not kidding. What time is it? It is now late. <laughs> I saw your lips. It was You were going to say 11. No, it's not 11. Okay, go ahead. But anyway, this concludes tonight's episode. We want to thank our producer and my husband, Stephen Prendergast, not only for supplying us with cookies, but also all the marvelous preparation and work he did for us for the Long Island Pride Parade, and for all the cooking he did at our post-parade barbecue afterwards. He did all the cooking, didn't he? Yes, he what did. What the fuck did you do for that barbecue? I set up the chairs and the table. Okay. <laughs> okay. 
Yep. You're a big help. I, he takes care of the kitchen. I took care of the outside. Uh, okay. <laughs> big help. Yes, it was. Uh, but he even made the macaroni salad. The oh, my God. salad and the he coleslaw. Made a, he made a special coleslaw. Right. Bitch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was indie. Yeah. Bryce's girlfriend. Yeah. And that was delicious. Right. So what else? So uh, also, you can follow us on our website, grumpyoldgaymanthereatdawns.com, where you can see pictures of us from the Long Island Pride Parade. Yeah, don't look at those because I'm a fat, disgusting slob. Well, there are plenty of other pictures besides of you. Can I talk to? Can I? Can I go back to my gripe? What I got, now? I got a good one. What is it? Alabama. What about Alabama? Where you been, Alabama? Why are you not downloading us anymore? Yes, all of a sudden there seems to be a drop in our listenership in Alabama. Spanish Port, Alabama. No, Spanish Fort. Fort. Where you? Where are you? Which is in the Mobile area. Okay, where are you? Where are you? You. Tell your friends to download us. I'm talking to you particular. I don't talk to... There's a whole world out there. I'm talking to Spanish food, Alabama. Fort. Fort, Alabama. And come on, bitches, come through. See, my theory is that they were all in college... And that at the end of the month, they all went back to their home states or whatever. Which and that's is why we're not appearing in Alabama viewership. Which is reasonable. And right. it makes sense. But I'm trying to think of what colleges are down there in Alabama. I don't know. I, I, I don't either. That's kind of sad. <laughs> <laughs> Can you name a college in any other state? Like, <laughs> Well, maybe there's a University of Alabama. Well, there must. <laughs> right? Okay, so we named one. Okay, the University <laughs> of Alabama. And chances are it's a mobile. What? Mobile. 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 Yeah. Alabama, come on, bitches. Come through. What the fuck? Come on, Alabama. <laughs> You're letting Tommy down. You really are, man. I'm pulling for you. I'm pulling for Alabama. And Spanish port is just... is just Fort! Is just killing me. Jesus Christ. Spanish Fort. Anyway, you Alabama boys can find us on our website. You can follow us on Facebook and Twitter. Yeah. Where we post daily. Daily. Yeah. Yeah. But definitely go to our website. Check out all our prior episodes, our bonus material for each episode. Alabama. And like I said, we got photos of our dogs, and then we have photos from the Pride Parade, which I'll be adding more of later this week. Alabama, what else do you want? You got pictures of Louie. <laughs> Louie and Abigail. Come on, Alabama! You've got the rest of the union to help you along. I'm, t- I'm saying. We're, we're happy to help you, Alabama, but you got to participate. And on that note, I'm going to say have a good night, have a good week, have a good life, and we'll see you next time. Bye, bitches. Alabama. <laughs>